spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. We're broadcasting from beautiful Scottsdale, Old Town, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, we have a very special guest, longtime friend. Her name is Nomi Prince. I read her book, uh, Collusion, How Central Banks Rigged the World. And Nomi, as I said last time I was up in Alaska chasing brown bears and reading her book. Uh, and I you know, kind of hoped the brown bear would win at times. But anyway. And we're here, we're talking uh, your favorite subject, and it is the Federal Reserve Bank. Any comments, Kim? Well, Nomi, so great to have you on the show. Love love always catching up with you, and, and you're so on top of things. And I love that you've got your new book out, and the new book is called Permanent Distortion, um, How Financial Markets Abandoned the Real Economy Forever. So the real economy and the financial markets are totally unaligned. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit, but uh, let's just get right into it because there's so much to discuss. If I could make a comment before Nomi comes on, because being a former U.S. Marine, I, I got to say it, you know. Um, <clears throat> we have, Today we have President Biden, we have <laughs> Vice President, what's her name? And uh, we have Jerome Powell as Fed Chairman and Yellen as Secretary of Treasury. I mean, they're the Adams family. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have... Well, Kamala Harris, what a cartoon she is. Oh, my God. And they're leading the most, uh, reportedly, the most powerful nation in world history. And everybody says, don't fight the Fed. This is a Marine would say, we got to do something outside of them. And that's what I want to talk to Nami about is if you're counting on the Fed to save our butts, I think we're in trouble. So welcome to the show, Nami. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> I'm that, that happy. No, thank you so much, Robert and Kim. It is always such a pleasure to be on your show and to yeah. talk to your, your audiences because they are they're just outstanding, you know, completely amazing, um, and, and want information. And that, that that's just really important with all of the noise um, that's out there today. Um, in, in and I loved your book, Collusion, and now you have a new book called Permanent Distortion. I mean, can the word, are you saying it's getting worse? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, when I wrote Collusion, I was talking about how the Fed and other central banks had gone off the rails in terms of creating money, right? Buying debt, all the things don't actually move an economy forward, just sort of, you know, jigger things about on the surface um, and, and just push crises further and further ahead. 
Um, and sure enough, since the pandemic, which was another crisis, we've had the Fed, you know, jump in, cut rates, then they raised rates, now they're pausing rates. Um, and, and all of this is in the name of supposedly fighting price inflation, which is, um, you know, mostly supply and demand driven and, and also, uh, you know, a factor of growth. Um, they don't understand economics. I, I, I continue to say it doesn't matter whether it was Janet Yellen running the Fed and now she's running the Treasury Department, which is, you know, almost basically like why even bother leaving the Fed? You're you're, con you're on the other side of the debt uh, equation, but but still connected. Um, and, and Powell running it. And, and, and last uh, FOMC meeting announcement when they paused rates, um, instead of being definitive about it, like like we paused, we're at a place we're just going to see what the economy is doing going forward. It was more like well, inflation is not where we wanted. Housing prices, you know, are kind of down. Consumer debt's kind of up. Banks are resilient, which of course we know they're not. Um, and power is just all over the place. And and this is why permanent distortion um, is permanent. It's this idea that the, that the central banks that have the authority, I don't want to say capability, I want to say authority, the power um, to set the cost of money are, are completely oblivious um, to how that impacts the economy or the relationship actually between uh, the economy and money. And, and that's, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. How many PhD economists are at the Fed? I think I heard 400 to 4,000 or something. I mean, how can they be so screwed so, up? So I'll tell you a story real quick, Robert, because you know I travel around the, the world um, as I did with Collusion. Right. I traveled around the United States um, over the last many months, and I went to all 12 of the Federal Reserves, okay? So it's, it's not just that we, wow. Wow. I know, I know. And let me say, just, just to summarize, that some of these buildings, you know, we're talking about Kansas City, we're talking about Dallas, we're talking about Boston, Philadelphia, Cleveland, there are these mammoth old buildings with like nothing going on inside of them you know it's, it's, it's phenomenal you don't just the fact that we're paying for and they're lovely buildings but you know they could certainly be converted to something else probably more useful um hint but but in the meantime um you know there's there's a lot of people not doing a lot um besides processing as, as far as i could tell going around the country again gorgeous buildings but just just not a lot going on inside but you're also saying that they have no idea what they're doing. We're trying to navigate through all of this inflation and rates and all of this, and they have no idea what they're doing. They're in charge. That, that's exactly right. They don't understand how their rate hikes have hurt the banking system, have hurt the lending system, have hurt the good debt that comes from the economy. They have no idea. They, they didn't even mention it. Powell did not mention um, anything about the banking system beyond saying, which Janet Yellen has also said repeatedly, that the banking system is sound and resilient. Well, we've had... Uh, several major banks fail. You're not JP Morgan Chase, but you know, Silicon Valley, First Republic was taken over by JP Morgan Chase. There are there was a report out with 722 weak banks that the Fed put out as they were raising rates that they completely ignored. Their, their own analysis in one of their many buildings said that all these banks could potentially face tremendous problems, even potentially fail, and they just ignored that in their policies. Okay, so so no, I, mean, I loved your book, your first book, Collusion. I don't know if it's your first book. I loved it though, because you. you did travel the world to do your uh, hands-on research. What is the what is your position in this new book called Permanent Distortion? Does that mean we're fucked? <laughs> well, we're already there. <laughs> well, it means if we trust in the Fed, yes. It means if we trust in the accumulation of debt by our government and other governments, yes. But what it what it also means is that we need to more than ever, um, and this is at 
you know, the current distortion is between the markets and, and sort of that mechanism and the real economy, which are physical things, physical buildings, physical manifestations of, of materials, um, of energy, of things that we actually use and need that grow our economy, mm-hmm. um, that we need to focus on on those. Because if we just focus on trying to time the Fed, trying to figure out what the Fed's going to do, trying to figure out if they're competent, yeah. which they're not, it, it's just it's just not, it's a very weak position. So we I'm need not- to pivot. What did these guys do to completely screw up the most powerful bank ever in world history? What did, what did these cartoons do to screw it up? Well, they, they went on, you know, this goes back to the financial crisis of 2008 in different ways, but they basically decided that they could create money, uh, print money out of nowhere um, to, to basically improve whatever it was they thought was a problem. And that includes the record debt that has only increased. Like when, we, when I say record debt, right, we know that this debt has only been going higher and higher and higher. So it's right. always at a new record. I mean, it's not, it's not going in the other direction. But what they did was they printed more and more money, which inflated um, this, this ability for the government then to create more debt. Because why? Fed's printing money. Fed's going to buy the debt. So the government's going to create more debt. So they don't have to take the responsibility of actually dealing with the real economy. They can just kind of keep pushing and pushing and pushing it into the future and put that debt on future generations and kind of, you know, sort of fog over this idea that we actually can control our own, you know, touches into the economy by buying real estate, by buying hard assets, by actually using um, debt to our advantage rather than what the government does, which is kind of use it to just um, fog over again, it's lack of policy. So, so in permanent distortion, you're saying that there is absolutely no relationship between the financial markets and the real economy. That's right, because the, the real economy, as defined by by tangible assets, by by physical things, that that what the markets do is they suck in cheap money, and then they trade off when that money gets a little bit more expensive, and then they suck it in again. There are trading strategies to be had on that, but the reality is that does not connect into the real economy, which are real companies, real homes real, you know, whether it's commercial real estate or what have you, that actually are part of improving um, where we're at from a, from a physical, tangible, you can use it perspective. And and that's where that disconnect is between like physical things. Right. Physical so for years, you know, we at Rich have been saying buy gold, silver, we have cattle, we have heart, we have oil. I don't have oil. I don't have oil stocks. I have oil. Right. And things like that. But things that the Fed cannot print, that's been our yes. philosophy. Yes, unprintable and unprogrammable assets, no digital dollar, no, you know, money printing into nowhere, but absolutely physical, tangible assets that you can touch, you can feel, you can use. That, that, you, that's uh, where we need to be. You know, because I'm asked this question, because Jim Records, you know, he's a good friend of ours, and he's always talking about Executive Order 14067, which is the Fed coin coming out. And he says, we're going to lose our freedom and all this. And for you, from your lofty perch on this whole system, what would happen if a Fed, you know, basically a Fed Bitcoin comes out? So I, I think it's a, a it's a horrendous idea. And, and when I was talking about, you know, visiting all these Feds, the last Fed um, that I actually visited was in Minneapolis. And actually the guy who runs that Fed, Neil Kashkari, who used to be at Goldman Sachs um, when I was there, we overlapped a teeny bit. But, but he basically is the only Fed leader who's like, we don't need a CBDC. We don't need a Fed coin. We don't need um, wow. any of that. But, but but he's being ignored, right, by the rest of the Fed. And my, my, my feeling on all of this is that any programmable currency, which a Fed coin would be, right, it, it is basically a nugget of information that travels with you everywhere once you use it. So once it exists, 
any transaction that you use, any tra anything that you do between individuals, uh, companies, investments, whatever it is, it continues to track. Not that isolated one time. You get an accumulation of, of, of a block of data, right? It's going to use that technology of blockchain following you everywhere, which means that your privacy on all of your financial transactions, not just one of them, right? Not but everything. all of them forever um, are completely <laughs> visible. And the Fed's going to, the Fed said, Actually, oh no, we 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 care about privacy. It's it, it's if that happens, you know, no big deal. But but it, no one believes that. No one trusts that. I don't trust that. I don't trust that. Um, if all of the information is 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 there and it's accumulating every second of every bit of our financial lives, that it can't be utilized. Um, just like the Fed can create money, the Fed can take away money. But once it's connected to our bank accounts through a digital coin through a central bank digital coin, a CBDC version of the dollar, um, then all of that barrier that we even built up um, between our money and the Federal Reserve and therefore the government is is, is basically gone. But, but no, I mean, we're talking about earlier before we got on, the real problem is the accumulation of national debt. I mean, in my opinion, we're one of the biggest debtor nations in world history. You know, they just removed the debt ceiling when, when unlimited, we have QE, unlimited. So yep. if the real problem is our national debt. We spend more than we make. You know, I mean, that's simply in simple terms. Would a Fed coin solve that problem? No, it would make the problem worse. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason it would make the Thank problem you. worse is because it's easy enough for the Fed to print money, as they've shown us in the spike, you know, printing money 2008, the pandemic, whenever they actually feel like it. If there's another crisis, they're going to do it again. They printed money when, when um, Silicon Valley Bank failed. Um, and and they didn't even talk about it. They just they just bought, did more QA in their books, and said, "No, we, we we're not really doing this." But they were right. They can do it whenever. And so once they have a CBDC, they've got two birds in a hand, which is that they're also uh, able to print money more quickly and diffuse it, kind of across the entire financial system instantaneously, while at the same time sucking up information about us back. So so, so it doesn't. Which none none of which zero of which helps with the national debt. Zero of which helps our economy actually grow. And that gets back to what we were saying in the beginning. N none of this is, is net positive um, for our, our strength from an economic perspective what, as a country. So what I've, what I've heard, Nomi, is when, when the currency crisis hits, when things are really, really bad, the Fed's going to come out and say, hey, we got the magic answer. We got the magic <laughs> pill. It's called CBDC. It's easy. It's convenient. Right. It's yep. simple. It's going to solve all the problems. And people are going to go, oh, great, let's go do that. And then what you're saying, though, the CBDC, the real the real thing behind CBDC is control. Well, control and printing money. It's it's like the worst of two possible worlds put into one. Um, I'm not going to even call it a currency. It's one one technology, right? I mean, no. this is like 1984 meets uh, you know QE on steroids or whatever, and sort of yeah, one pill and one sort of um, ability for effectively money to be created out of nowhere. Um, whether we have too high debt, whether we have a crisis, whether a bank falls apart, whether whatever, um, as well as, and now that we've done that, we can also track back what you're doing with that money that we've just created, right? So it's it's just a, a more insidious way of printing money, actually. Um, and, and again, does not, does not get to the core of producing growth for our real economy. Okay, so that's a whole other subject, printing growth, you know, promoting growth. Right. But the thing is for Kim and I, ever since we've been together all, I said, I want, I just want to get off the dollar standard. And so that's why we own silver, we own gold, we own cattle, we own oil. And we do everything that the Fed cannot print. Is that what you're recommending for people listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show now? Absolutely. Unprintable. And again, because we talked about the CBC, unprogrammable. 
We do not want the Fed to be technologically in touch with us um, through a CBDC or digital dollar. So yes, gold, yes, silver, yes, copper, um, yes, uranium and, and nuclear energy. Yes, oil, yes, natural gas and, and, and natural gas power plants that are actually producing um, energy for us as well as um, exporting that to other countries. So we make money as a country to do that. And that's going to be more and more of a thing. Um, yeah. Real estate, of course, all of those things, yes, that you cannot program and that are physical that you can use. Yeah, I just I want to just say on the green on the green piece, I just heard a, a, a information. It was like it was like if the state of New York who was saying, you know, all cars must be electric by such and such year. For that to happen, it would take a thousand years to produce the amount of lithium batteries necessary to put right. that into legislation or to put that into action. So right. Robert and I were talking about they're passing all this legislation that just cannot happen. It, it's never going to come to fruition. It's impossible. Right. Um, it's it's um, and this is this is a, a, a very big sort of topic. I'm I'm getting more and more involved in um, battery minerals technology and so forth, because it's not just about the EVs, which, yes, there there's a lot of high hopes there, which need actual materials to make happen. Um, it's also commercial um, electrification. It's also everything that's being converted. And uh, and this is one of the reasons why our, our electric grids have been so um you know, stretch to the limit. This is why California basically took people off the grid. Um, even though we're, you know, I'm in California, we're sort of the biggest green state. Like all go, yeah, you know, go green, go green. But by the way, don't plug in all over the place because we then will have blackouts like in somewhere else. And so th there's a big problem on our, our existing grid, and it needs to be um, fixed. And we need to have energy, whether it's for EVs or or whatever. Just just generally moving forward um, in in terms of demands um, on on our grid for electric uh, for electrification. We need better battery t uh, storage. We need battery tech. We need those natural gas plants to to be uh, more efficient. I visited a lot that are. There's some really sort of good companies doing great technology on that. But uh, we, we need uranium. We need nuclear energy. We need we need fusion. We need commercial fusion. I mean, they're all things that um, can help to effectively make electric grids um, more efficient as we're hopefully updating them, which is also taking a long time because you know it just it just takes a lot of time. So solar wind, all those things um, are useful also, but when they go down and sun goes out or when you know the wind is when it stops, we need we need backup um, power generation. That's where you know things like natural gas come in. So yes, all of it is is about again taking the real economy, our, our real demands, what we really do, uh, and using our real sources to, to do that with rather than just sort of making the hub. Well, we need to go to break. And the purpose of this show with um, Nami Prince is what can you do as a person listening to this? <clears throat> because uh, Powell's not going to take our call. Biden is not going to take my call. They're not asking us. Harris, Pre Vice President Harris doesn't know what a phone is yet. And Yellen, I don't know what planet she came off of. But anyway, we're in serious trouble. And the reason I have the Rich Dad Radio Show with Nami Prince on right now is what can you do when you have a when you have the Adams family running the show? We'll be right back. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At US Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back. Robert here, second Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on Android and YouTube. And then... Um, 
the best thing, and all of our podcasts are archived at richdadradio.com. The reason we do this is because we're an educational program. We're making no recommendations. We don't recommend you buy Bitcoin or anything like that or gold or silver. We just talk about it. But most importantly, we archive it at richdadradio.com so you can get there with friends, family, and that idiot brother-in-law of yours who um, thinks they know everything about money or they either work for the government. <laughs> anyway, we do that because we're an educational program and we make no recommendations to buy anything. But please discuss, study, because this is a very important subject. Our subject is money <clears throat> and our money is being run by a bunch of cartoons in Washington. Anyway, our guest today is Nomi Prince and her, her book is Collusion. Like I said, I read it in Alaska while chasing brown bears. It was a very interesting book. And um, her latest book is called Permanent Distortion. And I have other words for it. I use at the start of the show. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, and what Nomi is saying, the real problem is really our debt and we cannot cover it. So we keep our, the solution of the Fed is to keep printing it. And they just had the debt ceiling. They just took the ceiling off. They said, we're just going to print forever right now. And I just want to add to so, so, so permanent distortion is what do you do about it? You know, Biden is not going to take your call. So what do you and me and mom and pop do? Kim. So what I love about Nomi, um, Nomi, you're, you're, you're the real deal. You're the expert on central banks in the Fed, but you actually go out. So for collusion, you went around the world and you went to these central banks and you talked to them and you found out what was happening. And now you're just saying recently you went around the U.S. and you went to the, the 12 Fed Fed offices throughout the U.S. and you study and you learn. So your hands on, and I love that. And I love um, the updates that you give us and the and the insights you give us. So so thank you again for being on the program. Well, thank you guys so much, and for what you do and all the uh, information education that you you give to so many millions of people. Um, it's it's necessary now more than ever. Well, thank you. And this is I mean, this is not just the U.S. Fed. This is global. I mean that uh, Angela Merkel. She's you know, going with ESG, um, Greeny, basically, she's destroying the economy because they're, they're trying to get off of fossil fuels and nuclear and all this stuff. And they're killing these guys. These cartoons are actually killing the economy. Yep. And and then that causes the Fed to print more money. Because they don't know what they're doing. like this. But I have a personal question for you. Is that that guy, uh, what's his name? Bernanke. That criminal, I mean, he's the guy that printed all that money after 2008, and they gave him the Nobel Prize. I mean, Switzerland gave him a Nobel Prize. This is more than collusion. This is insanity. That guy, Bernanke, destroyed the world economy. He was bailing out European banks during the 2008. I mean, they were just printing trillions, and he gets a Nobel Prize? What's going on there um, that is just, it was so weird. Um, it, it's like this alternative reality that, that would, <laughs> and in fact, did. I mean, it's like, you wish you woke up and you're like, wait, that didn't happen. That was like this weird dream I had. And now that that can't happen in real life, but yeah, it did. And it's, um, he, he basically started us on this, this, what, well, what's causing the permanent distortion. He, he started the, the road towards, um, you know, the fed being able to have, you know, an, an unlimited, you know, as you said, QE, uh, capacity and, and, and going with it, um, our debt has more than doubled um, since he has been in office. And actually it's gone up by almost a, a third as much since the pandemic. But but he put these things in place. Like he he made it okay 
um, for the Fed and therefore all these other central banks to step over their boundaries. You know, they're not they're not there to actually help our economy. They just say they are. They should just like kind of stay in the backgrounds, do their numbers, do whatever. But the fact is he made it okay to print money. That made it okay for governments to borrow as much as they do. And that made it okay for them not to be responsible to the debt that they Amen. That they <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Nomi. I'm going to go a little bit more complex because you know the Fed better than anything else. I was listening to Jeff Snyder. You know, I mean, he is a the Euro Dollar Universe and all that, and he basically says the Fed doesn't print money anyway. You know, everybody thinks they do. He says what they print are laundry tokens. (laughs) They just they just feed it into the machine, but it doesn't solve the problem. So what does the Fed print? He calls it some kind of note or something. Well, so I mean that that's fair. I mean, and and and, and to be specific, um, they don't physically take out a printing press and physically make dollars or or coinage. And you know, coins are made right. by the Treasury Department and so forth. But we, we say we say print, and we accept that word because what they actually do is they they technologically print money, which is that they basically say, okay, all you banks out there, you big banks that you know basically you own part of us anyway. We're all sort of in the same club, have been since 1913 when we were created. Um, we're gonna basically put money into your account right so it's not like they're physically taking out like a brinks truck and sort of bringing you know multiples of stacks of like cash or gold or whatever into anyone's account they're just they're just basically saying you know click button okay bank you know jp morgan you know bank of america etc you guys have money so that's that's why we say print it's, it's a technological version of print um but what they do in that process which is the important thing to to to, to know is that they don't have anything backing that money it's not like we went out and I don't know, we, we sold some some great business or some great building or we did something actual real. So here's a profit. So we're going to split the profit or whatever. It's not that they create this money out of nowhere. And that's why we talk about printing, because they have an ability to manifest, create, fabricate, pick your word, money from nothing, money without any backing behind it. Yes, the faith of the, you know, full faith and uh, credit of the U.S. government. But I mean, we know when that's called fiat money, we know that that that's only as good as, you know, any one moment. And we run on debt. We run on more than debt. For every dollar we spend, we take out more than a dollar in debt. Um, For every dollar we grow, we take out more than a dollar in debt. So it's not really coming from a positive place. But they have manifested this idea and this action of creating money from nowhere whenever and it, it makes, it goes, it makes the problem worse. See, that, what they're they're doing, well, because again, back to responsibility, right? If you are not taking responsibility, you got you guys are, you know, Kim, cash flow, right? If you if you don't monitor your own cash flow and running a country or anything, um, and you're not actually trying to maximize your cash flow based on the the, the money, the debt that you're borrowing, then you're not moving forward. Th- that's why um, our country isn't moving forward because we are effectively borrowing more than we make and we are not responsive from a government standpoint what can we do let about me just, about a, let me okay. just ask real quick so, so when the when the when they when they click that button it goes to the banks it doesn't go to the it doesn't go to the economy it doesn't go to the individuals but now no. they're now they're not even lending money i mean That's how right. do you grow if you're not even lending money to this businesses and small businesses and mom and pops nobody's For lending sure. money so where does the growth come from 
Well, that's exactly right. And and therefore, you, you know, you're taking away, you're kind of strangling that ability of, of, of using money or using debt for a positive purpose, right? Because the banks don't have the obligation to do anything, right? Um, they no. still buy their own debt or buy their asset, buy their own stock or or trade or, or do whatever. They, they, they literally could lend to nobody if they felt like it, right? I mean, they don't because they're trying to sort of do a lot of different businesses at the same time, but they, they have that ability. Like no one's making them do anything. But they get this money and they can do what they want with it. And that's where that, that disconnect, that permanent distortion happens. So so what can you do about it, right? I mean, this, this just goes back to un- understanding this is a fundamental problem with where we are at today. Um, and it's only gotten worse since the financial crisis of 2008 on steroids since 2020. And it's still bad with how the Fed is running itself and how, in the meantime, our country has printed or borrowed so much debt without things growing. So we, as people who want to be educated, as, as people who want to be responsible to our own personal economies, as people who want to be prosperous, as people who want to be secure, we have to work and invest and buy into things that are real. That includes real estate, that includes gold, that includes silver, that includes copper, that includes uranium, that includes natural gas, that includes oil, that includes energy sources. We, we have to basically take care of our own economies and invest in our own economies. And I'll just say one other thing, which is I think really important from a community, from a state, from a standpoint, we're not, we, we shouldn't be waiting for it to come down from the federal government. What we should be doing is, is, is strengthening those, those ties between our business partners, between our, our, our local businesses, between ourselves, our entrepreneurial businesses, so that we can at least work with each other and, and, and make money and profit and prosper and be stable and not wait for it to come sort of down from on high. So, so I mean, how long does a dollar have? I mean, you know, some people say it's going on forever. I mean, how long can they keep, you know, running up a debt and then printing more money to cover it? I mean, in your opinion, and I'm not going to hold you to that, but how much time have we got? How long can they keep this stuff up? Because the BRICS nation's already coming on. China, China is coming, you know, BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia. Now oh. Japan may join them. 33 uh, nations have applied them. to a joint. How much time does the U.S. dollar have, in your opinion, to keep this charade up? Well, you know, the fact that we, we have been able to just print so much and borrow so much in such a short period of time. And this is this is sort of third world activity that the United States has done. And, and with all of that, the dollar has remained, you know, predominantly strong. It's lost a little bit to some of those consortiums. It's lost a little bit, um, of course, to what China's doing, what the BRICS are doing, what, is, as, as Kim mentioned, the 33 nations are doing. Um, there has been a, a sort of a plan to get away from the dollar of many of these nations since the crisis of 2008, since the financial crisis. And what's happened is it's unfolded but very, very slowly. So every time there's like another crisis, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a war, whether it's an energy crisis, they, they sort of got stronger about the idea of working together outside the dollar. That is the goal. It does take a long time, though. So, so, so realistically, um, the dollar is weakening a little bit now since the pause in rate hikes, but um, it's going to take a while before anything can supplement the dollar because we're not just talking about printing money, right? There's all sorts of other sort of military and, and longevity and all sorts of other sort of stress um, that sort of one part of the world has relative to the other part. And then you've got all these countries in the middle trying to pick sides like Japan. Um, and so this is going to take a while. So dollar's not going away, but it doesn't have to go away for us to look at signs of, of how it's weakening and what to do in the face of that weakening, um, like buying real assets, like buying gold, like 
basically looking at what other central banks are doing outside of the United States, which is the same thing, um, in order to sort of combat the the just general weakness of the dollar. What do, what does some what do you say to somebody like and I, I watch CNB, CNBS I call it you know and they always say don't fight the Fed when you hear that what goes on inside of you because you know more about the Fed than most people. Well, I, when I when I hear don't fight the Fed, what I think of is watch what they do, not what they say, right? So I automatically put up a buffer in terms of all the noise and the conversations and Powell being on you know multiple sides of any conversation he's been having about rates recently. And I look at like what what's actually happening. Where are we pricing money? What can we do with that money, right? I mean that 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 that's really what it means. So you're not necessarily not fighting the Fed or fighting the Fed, but you're looking at the cost of money. You're making your own decisions as to how that can work for you, right? If rates are five percent right now, how can that how can that work for me. If rates had been at, you know, went up to seven or, or down to three, how can that work for me? So that that is what I look at. Um, the actual numbers, the actual, how can I make my money, whether I have it or whether I borrow it and use it for something else, work for me. Right. And so when you hear the words forward guidance, what does that mean to you? That's what they always use is forward guidance. They have no idea what they're going to do. Correct. Look, Powell said last year, we're going to fight inflation until it's below 2%, no matter what, no, how, no matter how hard the pain, no matter, no matter, no matter. And you know what? Inflation is still at 4.5%. It can go up at any moment higher if we have a gas shortage or you know, food supply shortage or something. But it, but whatever happens, um, it's not where he said it was going to be for them to stop fighting it, for them to stop raising rates, right? I mean, he's backed off. So, I mean, you just can't listen or look at their forward guidance. Again, you have to look at what does the money cost now and what can I do with it? And, right. and what what do you what and what do you what do you see for you know we had this banking crisis and it doesn't seem like this banking crisis just all of a sudden disappears and goes away. Yeah. I mean, what what do you see? How does that unfold? Well, there is a lot of embedded losses in a lot of regional banks and a lot of banks that were involved in commercial lending throughout the United States. I mean, it's really only the very big banks that are insulated from a lot of problems because they have the Fed supporting them and printing money if they need it. Um, again, the Fed put forth a seven hundred twenty-two bank list. Um, of problem banks. That is, that is a lot of banks. And, and what that means is as they raise rates so high, um, the value of the debt, the value of the treasury bonds that these banks were holding went down. That, that's just the math of it. And, and so therefore they're holding sort of, you know, these treasuries that are getting weaker and weaker and, and valued less and less while people are taking money out of their accounts and out of their deposits. And you can't, you can't have money running out from both sides that way. This is why our banks are, or many of them are weak. It doesn't go away just because Janet Yellen or, or Jerome Powell says that our banking system is safe and resilient. They said that after the first bank failed, and then another couple of banks failed. And just because rates are paused does not mean they're not still sitting on losses. Right. And so again, I go back to what uh, Jeff Schneider, I love his commentary. He's a year dollar from university. He says, all the Fed does is print laundry tokens, you know, and they pump it into the economy. But he also said the what forward guidance means to him is they want to soothe the panic in the people out there. So he's basically, Jeff didn't say this directly, but basically they're lying to people yeah. just to keep them from running and you know going to the banks and yanking their money out as fast okay. as possible. So he says basically the Fed is lying. I mean, he didn't he doesn't say that, but that's my interpretation of what Jeff said. So they goes forward guidance to keep us emotionally calm and stable and don't fight the Fed. The Fed's got your back and they're fucking us left and right. 
that's how they're going to get their CBDC money in yeah. there, their digital currency. They're going to lie, lie, lie. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the funds that were taken over the Fed, you know, became Fed accounts. So, so in those failed banks, what, what's happened is um, in some of those banks, the money that didn't get um, back to the depositors in those banks or that didn't get moved to acquiring banks like JP Morgan when they bought First Republic, um, they've gone into these things called Fed accounts. And what that means is the Fed's kind of like using them as incubators, like kind of, kind of guinea pigs to, to, to figure out, you know, how they can sort of maneuver the information around those accounts and just, just sort of touching them. Um, and, and getting sort of infiltrated there. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that's already in play on its way uh, to a digital dollar or a CBDC. And the Fed's going to keep saying, you know, your point, Rob, yes, they're trying to placate by saying, we've got this, we'll fight inflation, you know, it'll be fine. Well, they're, they're also saying on their own website, oh, we're not going to have a CBDC. Oh, no, we're, we're thinking about it. We're not going to have it. Well, why would you create the payment systems to enable that to occur if you're not like actually planning on doing it? And isn't there a thing called Isn't there a thing called Fed Now that they've launched? Exactly, um, and that's launching July. That? What is that? So Fed Now, uh, which which think about just those two, like think about the power <laughs> that you want to convey the Fed Now. Right? Um, that is a system that's that, that's been under the works for for years. It's going to be launched on July thirty first. There are a plenitude of banks um, as well as corporations like Starbucks, Visa, Mastercard who've been involved in this sort of test uh, sort of phases of of of, of this mechanism that they call a payment system and what they're saying is oh this is just a thing that's going to make it faster for you to get your money faster easier convenient like it's all for your own good like but once it launches right it's like the first step towards uh, and they say just on their website no it's not that but it is it is a step towards the digital dollars, a step to CBDC. There's no reason to have it. Um, there's no reason to have that connectivity between the Fed and banks and companies and your money if you're not trying to move a further step from that once it's all working. There just is no reason. It's not just, oh, it's faster. Yeah. We're, we're fine. We, we know how to use Venmo and Cash App. We can do things quickly if we feel like it, right? I mean, this is something where it is a it's a necessary step. Um, from a systems perspective in order to be able to launch a digital dollar. So this is my final, 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 final comment. There's a, a guy, G. Edward Graffin, you know, he wrote the book, yes. The Creature from Jekyll Island. They put a documentary out on him finally because he's doing such great work. Yes. But, and I've studied with Edward Griffin several times. I went to Jekyll Island with him where the Fed was created. But from what I understand, the Fed is only, con the Fed is controlled by the commercial banks. It's like, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs, Mar JP Morgan, they really control the Fed. And what Edward Griffin was saying, he says his first chapter, I think in The Creature from Jekyll Island is the name of the game is bailout. So the big commercial banks, which is Jamie Dimon and those guys, when they get in trouble, what they do is they pass the losses on to the Fed and the taxpayer pays back the commercial banks. How does that resonate to you? Because that to me is horrifying. Uh, I can't, it's, it's basically fascism. It's um, it's a bad way to run an economy. It, it, what will happen, you know, so, so the Fed was created basically to save the banks. It was not created to save us. It was passed in Congress mm -hmm. as a way, again, a big lie. It was, it was no, a no me. lie. No me, no me. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Just the Fed was created to save the banks and the no. banks 
victory, the Fed. Because you go, go, that's that's really what I want people to hear. The Fed is not our friend. No, no, it's not. Not unless you consider Jamie Dimon your friend, in which case (laughs) (laughs) he never takes the call. um, They're not. They they never were created for that, right? If Jamie Dimon wants to talk to Jerome Powell, he'll pick pick up his call, Robert. I don't know if he'll pick up yours. He should, but I don't know that he will. (laughs) He'll pick up Jamie Dimon's call all day long. Know me? I applaud your courage, tenacity, and your willingness to look way down inside the weeds. And I wish you the best of luck on your book, Permanent Distortion. Like I said, collusion opened my eyes to what really is going on. Same as Creature from Jekyll Island did. The Fed is not our friend. Final words, Kim. Well, I like I like what you said, Nomi. That uh, you know we can't we can't we we're not going to change the government. We're not going to change the Fed but we can take control of our own personal economy. And that's what people need to do today. And that's why it's so important that people listen to you. That's why we have the Rich Dad Radio Show is because you can take charge of your own personal economy and forget about what the Fed and the governments are doing because, right. as you said, they're not our friend. Right. That's not- Nomi, thank you for being a friend of ours for years <laughs> and years you. and years. You. Keep up the good work and you do a tremendous service and we'll get your word out throughout the world. So thank you, Nomi. Prince. Thank you, Nomi. Thank you guys so much. And we'll be right back with final words from the Rich Dad Radio Show. Thank you, Nomi. Bye. Back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news of money. Thank you to Nomi Prince for her book, Collusion. Like I said, I read it years ago. It's a fantastic book, eye-opening of how uh, the Fed is not your friend. And her latest book is called Permanent Distortion, How Financial Markets Abandoned the Real Economy Forever. The most important part of this program was what can you do? Because, you know, all like CNBS, CNBC talks about, oh, don't fight the Fed. The Fed's your friend and all this. The Fed is not your friend. Always remember that. They're here to protect the bigger bankers like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, and guys like Jamie Dimon. They really run the whole show. They, um, what they do is they take the profits and any losses, the taxpayers pay for it. That's the system. Anyway, any comments or Kim? No, this was a fantastic show. And, and you know, one of the things that we talked with Nomi about was when Jerome Powell gave his talk or his <laughs> presentation. And what she said is he was just so all over the place that there was like no confidence because it's clear that the Fed does not know what they're doing. But but the bigger issue is there's no confidence. Well, what, and when what, we lose confidence in our governments and our Fed and the, all of that, then that leads to bigger problems. So I do like what she said about you can handle your you can handle your own personal economy. And that's what you've got to forget about the Fed. Yeah, and the reason he was having these all over the place is when I was a kid, I used to lie. I had to make it up as I went. So that's he was lying <laughs> as <laughs> he was going. I, 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 oh I'm, not, I'm not sure if he was, but I don't think they don't know what they're doing. Well, they, I mean, you said it. They're all PhDs. Yeah. They're no, they don't have real world experience. <clears throat> they don't understand the economy. I mean, you and I, I, I can figure out what, a, a, what raising rates are going to do, and they can't figure that out. I mean, no. it's kind of scary. Well, because they're, they're not on our side. No, they're not on our side. They're on you the see, bank what, side. What they do is they take the profits and they they pass the losses on to the taxpayer. Yeah, that's the system. Do you remember when we were driving up to Portland before we, you know, as we we're moving to Portland? And Kim and I had a California car. It was a Cadillac. And it went up into the mountains, and we had no snow tires on. <laughs> and I still remember coming down the mountain, 
and that old caddy was going left <laughs> and right, and we had no traction, and we're swinging the wheel left and swinging the wheel right, trying not to crash it. Well, that's a good analogy. That's, that's them. Right now, <laughs> they're sliding analogy. down a mountain. They, they don't have snow tires no. on. They're completely out of control. <laughs> and he stands on lying. Yep. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, it's all yeah. fine. Don't and, and worry. That's what, and that's what Jeff Snyder says. You know, he says, their job is to lie to us. Now, he doesn't, Jeff doesn't use that word. It's just to keep our emotions calm because they don't know what they're doing. And they don't print dollars because that's a lie, too. He says, they print laundry tokens just to keep feeding the, feeding the washing machine. <laughs> that's all they do. <laughs> so, Sam, you know, we at Rich that like to keep things simple down to what I call the real, the real people level. Because otherwise... You go high into the wild blue yonder. We 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 actually think the Fed knows something. So Sandra, any comments? Anything for and, you? And Sandra, you're new a new face here, and Sandra's new to our company, and she's helping with the Rich Dad Radio Show, and uh, really happy to have her on board. Thanks, Kim. So I thought this was really eye opening because my takeaway from this is, you know, uh, I think as as an average person, right? Like I just want to make sure that I'm doing okay, my family is doing okay. What can I take away from this? So. I, I heard loud and clear, focus on tangible assets. You Anything know. that cannot print. Yeah. Right. So like real estate, <clears throat> like like we've heard from Robert, gold, silver, that kind of thing. Yeah, this is a silver coin here. Everybody right. can afford that 25 bucks. Exactly. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. Perfect. <clears throat> again, thanks, Norma. There's a movie out or a documentary. It's called The Great Awakening. Let me say it again. The Great Awakening. And it's kind of about my friend G. Edward Griffin, the guy who wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island. The, book, the movie is called The Great Awakening. It features, you know, it starts off, it doesn't start off with G. Edward Griffin. It starts with a guy named Fauci. Oh. Fascist Fauci. Oh. And how fa Fauci, everything Fauci touches, people die. So The Great Awakening starts with Fauci promoting AZT which killed thousands and thousands of people. And when the pandemic came up, again, there was Fauci. Get your, get your uh, what do you call it, pandemic? What, what's that stuff called? COVID shot. So the movie is called The Great Awakening, the documentary. Please find it on YouTube. It's free. It's worth watching. But it's how our whole government right now is rigged against us. And it starts in medicine, health, wealth, all this stuff. So we're in very serious trouble. They're not our friends, you know, in this time that we figure out what we can do versus depend upon the Fed and the government and welfare. America has become one of the biggest welfare nations also in the world. So many people are they're entitled. In San Francisco, they're going to pay what every black person, like two million bucks because they're black. You know, they weren't even slaves. And the guys that are paying didn't, weren't slave owners, but it's called the, I forget, the reparations program. And just to cover my ass is the Japanese also were interned during World War II. My, my relatives lose their farms and all this. We didn't get our money back. We didn't ask for it. We just went off and fought in World War II. The Japanese, when we were interned by the white guys in California, they formed the 442nd Infantry Battalion. And it became the most highly decorated infantry, U.S. infantry battalion in history. We proved our loyalty to America. And it makes me sick that the, I'm not against blacks. I'm not, not, not for racism, but to say you're entitled. 
you know, millions of blacks are moving to America because they want to get here. And the blacks that live here say, we're entitled to more money. That's something really sick in our society. So ladies and gentlemen, that's probably the Rich Dad Radio Show. And uh, we do our best to find out what's really happening out there. And most important lesson is think for yourself. Final words, Kim? I I like that, think for yourself, because people are following advice that is just not, they're following lies, basically. And I like one of the reasons I like Nomi, she's out there. She's talking to the central banks. She's talking to the Fed. She's talking to all the offices. She's learning. She's on the, she's got her feet in the fire. And that's what we want. We want to hear from people that are really doing the real thing, not just talking. And also what's going on as we speak is Ann Atkinson, who took us into Arizona State University. And I I did a talk, we talk on health, wealth, and happiness. At very controversial, very controversial. <laughs> and the 37 of these woke professors came after us. And one of the questions they asked me, what's it like to think like, I'm a Japanese guy, you know, what's it like to think like a KKK? Well, you know, how can oh you share gosh. the values of the KKK? Oh my gosh. I asked the guy, I said, how? I don't even know what the values of the KKK are. You know, how would I know? But the hate in America from academics is systemically woke academicism that's wiping us out here. So I'm very concerned about education and that's why the Rich Dad Company was founded years ago because the way we fight you know, woke Marxism is with financial education. And that's how we fight back, is we fight back with financial education and not lies and emotions and half-truths. Oh, the last thing I'll say of this is Ann Atkinson, who's right now in the Arizona Republic, they're calling her to find out her because they came after us at Gamish Theater. She's, she wrote an op-ed, the Wall Street Journal published it, Ann's Fighting Back. She went to the dean's office at Arizona State University. And what book does he have showcased? I mean, actually showcased is Witchcraft and the Occult. That's what the, the head guy at Arizona State has. I have the picture of the book. And our, our educational system has gone woke. I hate to say that. So let's fight back with real financial education. Again, thank you to Nomi Prince. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for watching. This podcast is a presentation of Rich Dad Media Network.